and welcome disc golfers to the fifth installment of the Hitting the Line podcast. I am your host, Jad, and as per usual, I am joined here by my brother, Nasser. What's going on, Nas? What's up, Jad? How are you? Doing great, doing great. Um, I'm excited. This is DGLO week, Discraft Great Lakes Open, and we are in Milford, Michigan. Nas, what can you tell me about the toboggan course in Milford, Michigan? Well, if you've uh, been following disc golf for a while, you definitely know this course. Most recently, it, it is where Paul McBeth shot his famous 18 down. But it's a course that has uh, historic significance in disc golf for a while and a tournament that's been pretty big in disc golf for a while. Amateur national championships as well as played every single year at the toboggan course. It does have a lot of history. Nas, what kind of history can you tell us about? Well, uh, back in the day, Deglo was one of those tournaments that you didn't miss uh, if you were playing MPO. Um, going back to 1995, winner Ken Climo. 96, winner Ken Climo. And this is when it was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, 97, Ken Climo and Elaine King. 98, Ken Climo and Elaine King. 99, Ken Climo, Ju Juliana Corver. Same thing again in the year 2000. So... This is a place that Climo dominated in a tournament that he dominated back in the day when the course or the, when the uh, tournament was held at Hudson Mills, which Shout is a out. course that we are both fi uh, very familiar with and like a lot. Um, and then the winner in 2013, <laughs> someone named Richard Waisaki with Sarah Holcomb uh, winning the FPO side. And in 2012, Katrina Allen won it uh, in the FPO side. 2015, a guy by the name of Benjamin Calloway won MPO. We all know that name now. We see him on Joe Mez and other lead cards frequently, sponsored by Discraft. And this was in the middle of a run from 2014 to 2016 where Katrina Allen won this tournament. Um, although sometimes the courses change from Toboggan or Stony Creek to Hudson Mills, uh, this area has been home to this tournament for a long time in disc golf. And, and after all, Discraft is located in Ann Arbor. This is what has made it such a big deal. Well, not quite in Ann Arbor, but close. I believe it's Wicks in Michigan. Um, but, yeah, so this is a tournament most recently won the past couple of years in uh, 2020. Eagle, of course, won it. I think he shot a 33 down. 2019, Paul McBeth. 2018, Paul McBeth. Uh, and that was, I think 2018 was the first year really back for this tournament it kind of lost some of its prominence for a while from probably around the time of 2014 to 2017 it wasn't as big of a tournament as it usually was but in 2018 uh, we saw the return to deagle being the bigger tournament that it is so yeah very exciting for all of us in the midwest shout out everyone in michigan and ohio listening all right let's look at the course and break down some of the changes that have happened since last year well, just to start, we do what we know about Toboggan is that it's uh, a, a bigger arm course. It takes uh, a lot of arm talent to navigate some of the holes. It is 10,159 feet on the men's side and 8,755 feet on the women's side. That's a par 63 and a par 66, respectively. There are, however, some changes this year that are coming to the toboggan course that a lot of people are excited about it has been 
as we know just from the fact that Paul shot an 18 down, it has been mentioned in the past that this course might be too easy. And, you know, that's a problem we're dealing with right now with disc golf in general is are these courses broken? Uh, well, we had some changes to the course this year, making it a little bit more difficult. Essentially, two holes were thrown out that were deemed the easiest holes on the course, and they changed them up a little bit and made it a little bit more difficult. Nas, what can you tell us about the specifics of uh, those changes? All right, well, some of the changes, uh, the old hole six will now become the new hole seven, and so on and so on. Uh, and the, guys, this is just from an Alti World article. I don't want to take credit for all of these words here. Um, hole 11, which is old hole 10, will now have a new tee that is about 20 feet to the left of the old tee. Old hole 14 will be eliminated, and old holes 14 and 15 are being combined into an 850-foot par 4 for MPO. Uh, there's a new tee installed on hole 16 that more directly lines up to the basket. Uh, and for the MPO only, a new tee on hole 17 has been install installed about 120 feet behind the current tee. And for the D-Glow layout, OB will not be uh, utilized on the combined hole four, 14 and 15, which is now just hole 15. And there will not be OB on hole 8, old hole 7. OB stakes will be utilized on hole 1, 3, 17, and 18. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to play a little bit harder. That's what we've, we've heard. We know that, um, like you said, with seeing an 18 down, which, by the way, I do want to push back a little bit on that idea of it being too easy. And I know that's not what you're saying you think. Um, because usually the scores that we're seeing that are pretty hot out here, we're seeing uh, nines, tens, and elevens. If you look back at some of the, you know, past three years, what some of the hot scores of each each round are. So, uh, an 18, of course, is a Paul Macbeth bomb. Uh, but you know, we're usually seeing a nine, a 10, 11, or maybe a 12 out there. So, still a pretty challenging course. All right. So let's just get right into it. Nas, who do you have taking this thing down? This is the type of course that I think really separates the best, you know, the best five to ten players in the world from everybody else. Um, it's the type of course that it is so long and you do have to throw a uh, very a accurately over a long ways that, you know, those top players excel more so than everybody else. Um, taking this whole thing down, I'm going to go with I think this might this could be the year that Kevin Jones does it. He's played well uh, every year that he's played this tournament. He's played well all year this year. He's fallen short a couple of times on some un unlucky putts. Um, but I think this could be the the tournament that he really pu uh, puts it all together. Yeah, definitely can't hate on that selection. I think there's definitely a handful of guys that could take this down. You know, Ricky White. It's the same guys that, that we're going to mention at every tournament. Ricky Wysocki, Paul McBeth, Kevin Jones. Um, maybe throw James Conrad in there, Eagle McMahon, Calvin Heimberg. Uh, I don't see anybody outside of them winning it. So like you said, it really separates the top one and a half tiers from everybody else. If I have to pick one, you picked Kevin Jones. I'm definitely a big time Kevin Jones guy. But let's ride out Ricky Wysocki with this one. I'll take Ricky then. Him and Kevin Jones both have a very similar selection of tools um, they can throw forehand with precision and they can scramble in the most ridiculous ways yep. they both have incredible backhands both circle one and two putting can be out of this world so just 
give me Ricky Wysocki. He's had a great year. Didn't come come through during Worlds, but I'll take Ricky on the rebound. How do you feel about the women? Let's take a look at the FPO side. Um, well, I think just like we mentioned with the men, this is a course that's going to do the same thing to our FPO competitors. Um, I'm going to be looking for Kristen Tatar to take a win here. I think she has uh, the endurance, the strength, uh, the skill to put it together over three rounds and shoot better than everybody else. I just really think she's a top three disc golfer in the world right now that is playing at these big events. So I'm going to give it to Kristen. That's definitely a great pick. And I definitely agree with you that just like the men, it is going to separate the top women uh, from everybody else. Like I know Missy Gannon's coming off of a win right now, but I don't see her taking this thing down. It's going to be, you know, the Paige, Kristen, Katrina Allen, hopefully Haley King uh, type show. We'd love to see Haley King, you know, put it together for the full three rounds. But uh, if you took Kristen Tatar and I can't choose the same, then I think I have to default to Paige. I'll, I'll go ahead and take Paige on this one, you know, this craft all day. Actually, I'm actually an Innova guy, but. Yeah, um, I also want to mention Katrina Allen. I think she's a three- or four-time champion of this tournament, so we can't count her out. So be be on the lookout for those three uh, to be on top at the very end. Who's surprised? Yeah. Um, all right, Jed. Well, let's kind of move into then uh, what we're expecting from these players and how they relate to our prize pick entries. Uh, and Jed, do you want to tell us a little bit about prize picks in the, a little bit more detail? Uh, I think in the past we've talked about it, but let's quickly tell our listeners once again and all of our newer listeners out there about prize picks and how we uh, play with them. Absolutely. So those of you who are not in the loop, in the know, um, me and Nas discovered this app. It's called Prize Picks. It is the first and I'm pretty sure still only um, website slash app that is taking action on disc golf bets. What it is is you are going to be picking a golfer and you are going to be choosing the over or the under. And we are super excited to announce uh, as of this week, it happened on Monday, we are official partners with Prize Picks. Uh, what we do is we use Prize Picks as a platform to talk about disc golf in general. So here is our section on Prize Picks for this podcast this week. If you feel so inclined, if you want to support our podcast, use our new referral code HTL as in hitting the line. Use our referral code HTL uh, when you sign up through Prize Picks. It goes a long way for us. And a lot of states still aren't accepting uh, Prize Picks due to legislature. If not, you don't got to play, but we'd appreciate your support anyways just by listening. Prize Picks, let's get into our strategy for D-Glow this week. All right, let's take a look at the board. The lines were just put up about an hour ago here on the West Coast. Uh, and so, you know, it's interesting looking at these these lines here is that uh, are the sharps out there at prize picks getting sharper? Because these are some pretty slick lines here. Um, let's run down. Let's, let's look at a couple of these that kind of pop out to us. So remember we said par is 63. Um, and in the past, anything from a 7 to a 10, 11 is pretty elite. So Paul Macbeth, 53 and a half. So that's saying you're either going to take him over to shoot a, a nine down or you're going to shoot under to shoot at least a 10 down. And that double digits is kind of, Jed, what we talked about earlier being kind of that magic number, right? Right, right. But the caveat, as we've mentioned, 
earlier in this podcast is that this course is supposed to be playing a little bit tougher this year. So while that 10 or 11 might be elite, maybe this year it's a 9 or an 8. We we don't know. This is round one. Yeah, we don't know how these changes are going to affect scores. Uh, par is one higher this year than in years past. So that's something to kind of be on the lookout for. Uh, one thing to maybe before you make your entries, uh, you know, tonight or tomorrow, take a look at the weather. Uh, make sure the weather is going to be clear. That's something that could easily change strokes. And something to keep in mind too, Jed, that I think about now after playing prize picks for multiple weeks is that round one is not always the burner round. That is not where you're seeing the highest or lowest, I should say, scores of the round. So if they're saying Paul Macbeth, uh, and Eagle Mc, McMahon and Ricky, they have them all at either a 53 and a half or a 53. They're saying a 10 down is a hot, hot round. And I think a 10 down could be hot for the entire tournament, possibly. What what uh, do you think about that? What is going to be the hottest round that is shot? I, I definitely agree. Anywhere from a 9 to a 12 is going to be pretty darn good. I also like the fact that you mentioned check the weather. We learned big on that last week. When we were in, was it Iowa? Yeah, or it was Iowa. I don't think we Iowa. had a show about that one. A- anybody who was keeping up knew that the weather was bad in Iowa, and you could have easily woken up that morning and realized, oh, we should be betting the overs. Because unless unless people are really placing their entries on all of the unders, the lines aren't going to move, and those overs are fresh for picking. You're not going to play the same in the rain as you are going to otherwise. All right, so we took a look at some of these, some other notable um, lines here. Calvin with the fifty-four, Chris Dickerson with the fifty-five. He's he ha- he is someone who has shot double double digits before, Mister Dickerson. Adam Hammes at a fifty-five and a half. Simon Lazada at a fifty-six. So they're saying, you know, can Simon shoot an eight down or better? Uh, Kevin Jones fifty-five and a half. Uh, Paul Uliberry at a fifty-seven. Brody Smith fifty-eight. Ezra at a fifty-six and a half. Drew Gibson, 56 and a half. He's someone too, Jed. Uh, we didn't look at him before. That uh, He could shoot lower than that, I think. Uh, Kyle Klein, who's going to be on the feature card, a 56. They're saying, Kyle, go out, go out and shoot an eight, buddy. Uh, Garrett, 57 and a half. Jeremy Colling, which we're going to talk about very soon. Uh, Anthony Barella, oh, sorry, Jeremy Colling, 57 and a half. Anthony Barella, 56 and a half. And Emerson Keith, 56 and a half. So we looked at these, Jed, and who are some of the numbers, or who are some of these uh, lines that, jumped out at us well as you just mentioned jeremy Colling is a big one to us L- yeah, he was the one that like we both looked at and said "Ooh." so jeremy Colling is uh projected at 57 and a half we're taking the over that would be a 58 which is a five down we looked at some tournaments past and jeremy Colling was lucky to be taking a five-ish down a six-ish six-ish down before like those were really hot scores for him he is way out of his prime right now. He has not been playing that well. I definitely the course is supposed to be playing. Yeah, tougher. the course is going to be harder. Um, so we kind of look at Jeremy Colling. That if you're someone who just wants to do some simple power plays or build your uh, flex play around someone, we're feeling pretty confident this week. Jeremy Colling, fifty-seven and a half on the over. And and so so let's get into that strategy talk a little bit. When you're building these lineups. I don't recommend building one lineup and calling it a day. You're probably going to want to create multiple lineups to get a little bit of hedging in um, while you have some guys locking down a main core portion of your lineup. And we feel strongly about Jeremy Colling over being a part of your core lineups. Let's say you build 
five lineups, whether they're flex plays or power plays, you're probably going to want to sprinkle Jeremy Colling in maybe in three of them, maybe even all of them. Nas, who else were we feeling this week on the overs or unders? All right, two more lines that really kind of jumped out at us were, of course, Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki. We've got Paul McBeth at that 53.5 and, and Ricky at 53. Now, you would normally say that's a 10 down. We know these guys can shoot 10 or better, but there's a little theory going on here. We're kind of thinking, I mean, these are the lowest scores, so it makes sense that you would take them on the over. Sometimes you have to. We've mentioned that on the show before. Uh, it's also round one of the tournament, which in most tournaments that we've looked at this year, the hot scores are usually shot in the second or third round, not necessarily the first. People kind of go out. You don't want to blow your whole round in round, round one. So scores are generally a little bit higher. Um, so we kind of like to kind of pair with that Jeremy Colling, maybe a Ricky Wysocki or Paul McBeth or both on the over and just thinking that this new tougher course first round people are not going to score as high as they will later on and and a nine down which is what we're saying that paul or ricky will shoot on the over it's still very elite that's still a very yeah you're still going to be in a top five yeah, position yeah at that point. for sure for sure so we're just counting on them not to shoot 1070 essentially i know we're just like it seems each week one of our goals is will paul or rick or someone just slow down and not shoot a 1080 um, so those are two ones that really jumped at us. And Jed, you have another one now. So we have all these great overs. We have overs, but who's the under this week? The unders are tough. So so that is the caveat. If you are new to prize picks, you are not allowed to choose all overs or all unders. You must have at least one of each. So we are not huge fans of any of the unders, given the fact that it's round one. We mentioned that we don't see hot scores round one. And this course is supposed to be playing tougher this year but you do have to choose one. So this is why we're also inclined to play a flex play versus the power play. If you are new, these are just the two types of entries that you can make on prize picks. The flex play is more safe. The power play, you're saying, I'm going to hit all of these lines. The flex play, you can still make profit even if you get somebody wrong. So this is where we would like to choose flex play, and we're choosing Anthony Barella for our under this week. He's projected at a 56 and a half. So if he shoots under 56 and a half, that would be a seven down. A seven down is still a very good score. Anthony Brella could not shoot that well. We know how streaky he is. Yeah, I was just going to say he can be kind of streaky, but we know and we've seen him in years past. He can shoot double digits here. Um, but, yeah, we're keeping all those other factors in mind. In, in, in years past, we've at DGLO at Toboggan, we've seen Anthony Brella shoot double digits. We know it's in his range. If we have to punt somebody on our flex play under, we're going to take Anthony Brella simply because we've seen him do it before. If you are not a huge Anthony Brella fan, we also noticed Garrett Gerthy has shot in double digits and a hot score at Toboggan before, and he is actually projected for a whole stroke worse than Anthony Brella. So Garrett Gerthy might be your other option as an underplay. All right, so that, that pretty much starts to build our five-pick flex which we have, we'll, we'll go ahead. You guys can get, get this one for, for free if you want. An, uh, Anthony Barella, under. Jer Jeremy Colling, over. Paul Ulibari, over. Ricky Wysocki, over. Paul McBeth, over. Um, so now let's go into how we might make up uh, kind of a little accom accompanying uh, entry to this one with, with, the, with the bits that we feel the most confident about, which we do think is Jeremy Colling. So we want to make uh, a two-pick power play 
with Jeremy Colling on the over and Anthony Barella on the under because that's the part of the flex play that we feel the, the best about. So we're going to make that to go with it. Jed, what's another option that we could do there? Maybe if we want to fade Barella on our power play, what might we do instead? Yeah, if we are not feeling the variance of Anthony Barella or Garrett Gerthy, I think it's a safe option to go with any of our big arm throwers. After all, we are playing at Toboggan. You could take Adam Hammes on the under, Kyle Klein on the under, Drew Gibson on the under, Ezra Aderhold on the under. And I even think it is viable potentially to take Brody Smith on the under. He's got let's a big arm. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about Brody being, you know, he's on here every week as the highest score. And I'm always tempted to want to make a power play around Brody. Jed, what do you think about his chances at Toboggan? Well, I'll tell you what, I won actually some money on a Brody Smith under last week, and I felt pretty comfortable with it. Brody Smith has a big arm. He's got a huge sidearm. He's relatively accurate. He makes mistakes, but man, when he's in the zone, he'll he'll show yeah, up with dude. 100% C1X. Yeah, uh, he's got the putting that can lead to an extremely hot round. So if you like Brody Smith, that's probably a good under to build one of your entries around on a two a two pick power play. Maybe you could do a Brody Smith under Jeremy Colling over. Sounds good to me. All right, so there you have it this week. Those are our uh, entries. You guys can do what you want with that information. Now, if you haven't already, go and download the app Prize Picks. Uh, not only do they have daily fantasy for disc golf, but all sports. Make sure to use the code HTL for hitting the line when you sign up, and they will match you, I believe, 100% up to $100. 100% up to $100, and we've said this before. What's great about that, you get that promo money right away to use. They don't make you earn it slowly by doing a bunch of entries. So head over to Prize Picks and check them out. Now, we are going to get into now a listener-requested uh, part of the show. We have a little bit of time to go. We're going to talk about what is in our bags when we actually play disc golf. Um, and maybe talk a little bag theory and how to build a bag, or maybe that's a whole separate episode. But, Jed, what is in your bag? Well, I definitely rock a lot of the old-school vibe, and I have a lot of Innova. I use the CT Challenger, the Fish Challengers, and Zones. Those are the only discraft I have. Otherwise... I have the bare bones basic that pretty much every every company has these kinds of drivers. Innova did it first. I've got the Rock in many different forms in my bag, including Rock 3. And then, you know, you, you upgrade and now you're at Leopard 3 all of a sudden. And then T-Bird 3, T-Bird, Firebird, Destroyer. And then, then the only thing that changes for me is in between that firebird and that destroyer because that is a huge jump and that t-bird i bagged the pd which was also made by innova but anyways i got like five different pds in my bag all different stabilities and those are my my uh my go-to's nas any comments on my bag or do you just want to yeah, jump right yeah. in yours uh yeah you definitely kind of uh, i think we have similar styles in this where we rock our bags kind of like the old school innova guys kind of how you mentioned maybe the philo carrying lots of rocks lots of destroyers um, I think that we both also like to cycle discs. Um, this was tweeted about in disc golf Twitter the other day that some people seem to either really love buying a disc and the way it flies brand new is how it fits into the, into their bag or 
There's this second camp of people who like to really beat in and cycle this, meaning having uh, you know, mo uh, multiples of the same mold, take, for example, a rock, and having variations of stability from understable to overstable. Um, and I think we both kind of do that too. So we have some similarities in how we build our bags for sure. Quick shout out, Kirby Kirby's Disc Golf, is that what it's called? I don't know. Yes, on Twitter? Yeah. Kirby's very, Disc very, Golf World, maybe? Very active in the Disc Golf uh, community. I think it was one of his tweets that might have sparked that, that debate or that talk. I'm not, I'm not positive, but always seen him out there. He's grinding it. All right. Well, um, my bag uh, right now, I am rocking steadies for putters. I mean, it's just, you know, your big glidey beaded putter. So it's who, awesome who makes for putting steady? and throwing. That is a DGA steady. And these are the Matt Bell uh, additions, which I love because they have the blank fronts and then the understamps. That just looks really clean to me on a putter. Definitely on a putter. That is and nice. I'm rocking the uh, Upper Park Designs Rebel bag that I just got about a week and a half ago. This bag is awesome. Uh, if you're looking for kind of a uh, high quality but cheaper backpack bag, check out the Rebel. It's pretty nice. Uh, then in my other putter pocket in the Rebel here, I've got my two main approach discs. I've got the DGA Breaker in in uh, D-line plastics. That's just for like, you know, 230 to 240 foot upshots. And then the Baobab by Above Ground Level Discs, which is just a glideless brick of a monster that's really good for short hyzer shots. Probably something comparable to like the Stego. Yes, it's very Stego-like. In a lot of ways. T can you tell me about the breaker real quick? Because I yeah, know you dude. throw it all the time and I see only good things about it whenever I see something about yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead and oh, hold that thing. Yeah, this is a D-line breaker I got from Tyler Brickley of oh, DGA wow, that, in a giveaway. And it's so, a little bit less stable than a zone. It starts off pretty overstable. It's somewhere in between a harp and a zone, but it's like it feels smaller. So yeah, so it's money. It it's basically my zone this replacement. This thing does feel really small. I'm actually holding it in my hand right now for a forehand. It feels really great. It feels like... I just go forever like but football. This is where I got my ace about a month or so ago. Boom. Uh, right in the chain. So, yeah, the breaker is nice. Moving on to mids, kind of having some layering going on with an ESP Comet and a Z Andrew Fish Comet to cover most of my understable to stable shots. Then I've got a similar thing going on with the Quake. I've got a Granite Quake, which is pretty straight, and then an SP Quake, which is very overstable. Moving on straight to fairways. Um, my flippiest fairway is a pro line pipeline by D, uh, DGA followed by an FD by Discmania. You, you've been feeling the FD really hard. You just threw I your have. bag. I had it in mind for years. What, what do you want to say about the FD? The FD. Well, anybody who listens to He's been hype on the disc golf pod podcast or used to post on disc golf course re review forums, the FD has had a cult following for a long time. Uh, and it's one of those discs that. The numbers on it are like so true, it seems like. Seven speed, the six glide is real, the minus one turn and the one fade. It just It's the type of disc that you can just rip it on all sorts of ways and get a whole bunch of unique uh, far flights with it. It's stable enough where it doesn't turn over or crash and burn unless you are doing something seriously wrong. Uh, where sometimes you know the understable fairway spot can be one that's easy to turn and burn. So I've got an FD. And then the third disc is another pipeline. This is in order of stability. It's a Matt Bell tour series pipeline a little more stable than the fd and then finally i've got an sp bonsai as kind of that t-bird three position in your bag so our our bag so far you've got the zone i do the breaker uh you do leopard threes i do an fd pipeline and bonsai mix for that uh and then moving on to distance drivers um i've got an sp rogue as a kind of a straight to understable distance driver 
Uh, I carry two Hurricanes in kind of a variety of stability. So as my stable to slightly overstable stop, uh, shot, and then I've got a DGA Hellfire as my overstable approach I, disc. I, I don't know if this is fact, but I feel like I've seen recently on Twitter that Brody Smith throws a Hurricane. I'm, I'm not positive. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah. yeah, the Hurricane, if you guys don't know, is so similar to a Zeus. If you look at the specs uh, on PDGA, they're so similar. I think Paul literally took the Hurricane mold that Discraft, I think, also owns, so um, or not owns, but can use or adapt from and turn or made the Zeus from a hurricane. So if you like the uh, Zeus, but you can't find them, go check out a hurricane. The uh, 2021 tour what series. Is, are really what is nice. that commercial from, from DGA about the hurricane? What is that guy's name? He does the Tyler Brickley. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy who gave me this breaker actually. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Just check out the hurricane. If you like a destroyer or a force or something like that, it's like a Big force time DGA guy over here. It's a, it's like a force SS perhaps as a way to describe it. Um, or just a nice beat-in destroyer is how I like to think of it, too. Yeah, so we, we both have kind of similar ways we feel about our bags. We like to layer and have varying uh, stabilities of the same disc kind of to minimize it. But, uh, you know, I I'm not like going to tell... six different discs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell someone they can't have 25 different molds in their bag if they want to. That's just kind of how I prefer. And just when I buy discs, too, you know, I buy three or four of a disc that I like because I like to have just backups and try to keep the mold simple but have lots of discs, so... All right, so there's our quick in the bags requested by someone on Twitter. Um, if you want to get in touch with us on our socials, Jad, tell me what our socials are. You can find us at underscore hitting the line on Twitter. If you want to interact with us uh, or shoot us a question, you could do that. We also have a Gmail that is at hitting the line podcast. I guess you don't say at before an email. It's hitting the line podcast at gmail.com. Nas, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at HT Nasser. That's H-T-N-A-S-S-E-R. And me at Jad underscore Rehan. If you felt like our content was worth it and you want to support us, don't forget to sign up for prize picks and use our referral code. That's H-T-L for Hitting the Line podcast. When you sign up, they will match you up to $100. You get to play with that money right away. Play D-Glow with us this week. Maybe play with us next week. Whatever. And that's going to do it from us. Peace out, everyone. Peace.